What's going on, y'all? What's, what's up? What's up? This is the sick one, and this is my co-host, D-O-S-G. You have entered, you have now entered full transparency. This podcast is about our basic humanness. You think about it when it's stripped to its core, it's raw, it's naked, it's vulnerable. Increasingly aware of the danger that fear and what fear can produce in the dark is what we typically are worried about. We want transparency to be the light that illuminates the darkness of this world and the weapon that slays the enemy in the battle that rages for our isolation. Man, thank y'all for tuning in. This is uh, always an amazing opportunity for us to, man, just, 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 just be real. Talk about it, chat, see what we got going on. And, and as always, we want to uh, invite you back into um, our our Facebook page. Uh, it is you can hit us up at one four eight twenty twenty at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook as uh, Full Transparency Two Brothers One Bible. Um, so definitely hit us up. We want to hear your comments, prayer requests, whatever you got. Tell us if you like it, hate it. But we're always going to be real. We're always going to be transparent. And this is just kind of who we are, man. So thank you all for tuning in. As always, this is the time that we are fully transparent. We try to be just open books. Mm-hmm. Um, OSG, man, where you at today, bro? Um, so speaking of full transparency, this just this happened to me last night. I was I was reading in Romans. And um, it was talking about, Paul was talking about how the religious sex, sex, the religious section would would judge people for what they're doing when inwardly they were doing the very same thing, you know, along the lines. And like, I find myself where in my heart of hearts, I I may not verbally say it, but I think it and it's in there. And I'll be like, man, look what they're doing this. And then, but the same thing I'm judging them for is the same thing God's going to judge me for. And it was just like, it was it was convicting that that was pointed out to me. And then it talked about, it took me to also when, when the Pharisees came to stone the lady that was calling adultery, uh, he said, if, the, if there's anyone without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they begin to leave. And if Jesus didn't condemn that lady, what, what right do I have to condemn anybody? Whether I verbally say it or whether I'm inwardly say it in my own heart. Because at the end of the day, it's a heart issue that God is dealing with with me on, and on this journey. So, and it was also be able to, it took me back to um, the Leviticus where it talked about if a, if a woman is calling adultery, then she deserving of death. And they tried to tie Jesus up with that question, but he, you know, Jesus was a million steps ahead, you know, and that's when he told him, like, like I said before, who's the first one without, the one without sin, let him cast the first stone, they all walked away. But yeah, that's where I've, that's where I've been at, you know, yesterday, last night, and even just morning. So just, just meditating on that and just really thinking about that and letting that take root. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, how much you read is the it's, it's the it's the quality of your read. If you get something out of it, Paul's right there, and that's where God is dealing with you at. And just dissect that, and just repent too. 
and just ask God to begin to work on you because that's that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm at, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, so using I statements, man. How does that translate into your life right now? Like you, you read that, mm-hmm. you felt convicted, transparent. Where, where is that? Where's that in your life right now? Right now, in my life, right now, reading that, I, I need to have more mercy, compassion, and understanding for those that's whether they in the body of Christ or only are not even having a relationship with Christ. Give me an example. Like, okay. Um dig in there. Come on now. We're gonna yeah, peel, peel yeah. this thing back. Get this yeah. thing, crack that ribs open. Let's go. So making my judgment against people who are not living according to to what I may think like I live a certain kind of way so I I assume somebody else should live that certain kind of way and if they're not living that kind of way and if and then I use the Bible to be like oh they're not living that kind of way well well God God's gonna do this or God's gonna do that which it could have some truth in it but mm-hmm. it's, it's that's me passing that a judgment that's me assuming oh, yeah that's me using my my own opinion yeah and I get I get caught up in my own personal thing. Again, give us an example of when you did that. When I did Yeah, re- something recent that happened. Because I think a lot of times what we see is that when we do read or are convicted, there's something that's been, we, that we've been doing in our lives. When you think about being convicted, that means that God is speaking to you about things that you have been doing. And that's where the conviction comes from, right? So, wow. so oftentimes for, for our listeners and for everybody else, you think about, being transparent, what has been going on in your life? A specific example of where you were judging, again, no names, but give us a specific example where you were judging because that verse, for some reason, convicted you. So yeah. What have you been doing? What, what is it around? Like, give us an example. When it comes to this sexual immorality, okay. When it comes to that, I take and look at the like LGBTQ and all that stuff. I look at that stuff and I cast judgment on them. Okay. But in my in the hardest of hearts, when I'm alone, mm-hmm. I struggle with sexual immorality. But I but I, but nobody sees that. But everybody sees when it comes to like the church and comes to like what the what the homosexual community may be doing. Uh-huh. I take and be like, oh no, they shouldn't do that. This, that, and the third. But in the heart of hearts, I'm doing the very the very thing along those lines. So hot like that's why that scripture convicted me. It's like I dare you. Yeah. You sit and you say this and you do this, but this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And no no just because nobody sees it, but I see it, God sees it, and that, that's what convicted me. Okay. That's what hit home. Okay. Alright. Yeah, I, it's it is it's really interesting because it's it's I think it's is America you look at everything that goes on and, and how much how much happens. And it is interesting because I was listening the other day to a message and it talks about how we're always being formed by something. And I thought it was really interesting because it's so true. Because everything that you do is forming you, right? I think about water hitting the banks of something. It's forming the banks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, well, it creates a new new like S-shape 
mm-hmm. you know, peninsula or if mm-hmm. it, it erodes the, you know, the banks of the river or something, but it's forming it, right? Mm-hmm. It's always forming something. And so when I heard that, I'm like, man, what do we spend our time? What am I spending my time doing that's forming me? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And what I have to constantly ask myself is, is what I'm spending my time doing forming me to be prepared for what is actually true? And so sometimes I think about that because I'm like, we often get lost in our small, infinite thinking that what's happening in the world right now is what God is worried about. But God's so much bigger. He's got such a, such a, a greater, bigger plan that he's like, that small little thing is the least of what I'm concerned about, right? And again, it's hard for for myself to even fathom what he's really thinking, right? But what we do know, just even from reading, is that there's a greater war at play than worried about, you know, um, our, our gender identity, worrying about our sexual identity, worried about, you know, our justice identity and, you know, the race relations in America and, you know, what are we allowed to do, not allowed to do, and, and, and who's running for president, what they're saying, and, and, and the things that we argue about, mm. right? The things that we get mad about, the things that are causing us to take up arms and go fight for something. Ask yourself, what is it, what is it that we're really fighting for, and how does it really compare to the kingdom? You know, and I had to ask myself this not too long ago, you know, and even earlier, you know, I sent you a text. I was like, I just was feeling like this weird space of like, but I've been living so small that I've be, almost become invisible, right? And, and to live big, you can't fathom what God wants to do, but what you can do is you can surrender to what God wants to do to be in the greater scheme of what he has planned. Right. Mm -hmm. And you may not never know what he has planned. But now that I've surrendered, now I've given myself truly to doing that piece of it. Right. Means that he can use me in his greater plan. Right. And I I think about we were they were talking in church other day about Job and other things like that. Job had given himself to God to the point where he was being used in a greater plan. Mm -hmm. Job suffered. Yeah. But it was Job's formation. What was he being formed in every day? You you think about it too, like, what was he doing all the way up until that point? Right, right. How was he living his life? Yeah, well, and it it kind of tells you, right? It it tells you a little bit in Job, and and if you haven't read it, please, I I encourage you to read it. But it tells you a little bit that, like, Job was a man of God. So that means, now again, they didn't have a book like we have access. I mean, that's why I said we have it so good. (laughs) We have it written. Mm -hmm. But I whether he went out to his own tabernacle he built, but he would go out there and he would abide in God. He was living for God. He was a man of God. And so he was abiding in God. He was listening and worshiping, praising. And then he would live his life accordingly, but he was spending time, right? And so because he was being formed by the right thing, when he was used for the greater, you think Job knew what the the greater goal of this whole thing? No, he had no idea. None of us do. He had no, but but yeah. Job specifically had no idea mm-hmm. that him and the devil had made this. I made a kind of conversation. This little conversation and made this deal to see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you now? Do you think that 
that could still be possible today? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He ha- he he can't do anything without God's permission. Mm. You know, and, and, and it's... But again, the test is what are we being formed by? So because Job was formed by the right stuff, even though he went through these trials and tribulations, man, Job was able to be like... He, he, he was able to just... To endure. Mm-hmm. Right? Through all the things that were happening for man... you I mean, Job went through... You name one thing in life... I guarantee you Job experienced it in that time frame. There's not one thing that people are suffering right now that Job ain't, 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 ain't suffering. Discrimination, mm-hmm. right? You think about betrayal. He went through the whole nine, mm-hmm. right? From his friends to his wife, everybody. He went through it, right? But because he was formed in the right stuff, by the right thing, I should say, he was able to endure, right? And not allow the confusion of what was happening affect his emotions mm-hmm. to make his will do something that was against God. Mm-hmm. But I myself, I've, I've, many of times I've allowed my mind to be confused, which impacts my emotions, which causes me to act. That's my will. I'm choosing to act in a certain way that's not godly because I don't spend the right time forming myself for here, for us. Context is in the word. Yeah. Focusing on Jesus. Focusing on that. And, yeah. and we take up arms, we take up causes, we want to fight for these things, and we find ourselves fighting the good fight, right? But because we're fighting the good fight, I'm, I'm, I'm missing out on what, what I need to be formed in, mm-hmm. you know, what, what needs to shape me. And I think about the scripture of the potter's wheel, and it talks about how, how God has us like clay on the potter's wheel, mm-hmm. and he's forming us. Yeah. And you know, you know what's so great about that is like, I saw somebody doing that before and it, they get it formed then a piece falls over so a piece falls over grabs that piece put it back on the wheel and start reforming again yeah. so it's like like he got he got on his OSG on the wheel he's forming I fall off I I, I slip off and I do something yeah. he okay I repent he puts me back yep. on the wheel and let's, yep. let's keep yep. it moving yeah so yeah it's gotta be a big wheel hey it's a big wheel we man got you on it <laughs> But like, no, you, I, I love the illustration because it's like, also think about this when he's forming you, the wheel never stops. Mm-mm. So even though a piece fell, it never stops spinning. He never stops forming us. He never stopped forming you. He just grabbed it, kept moving. That's the same thing that happens today for all of us. God never stops coming after us. He's never stopped forming us. No matter how much we fall, no matter how much we sin, no matter how much we mess up, no matter how much we do bad, he never stops forming us. He doesn't allow the wheel to stop. He doesn't say, oh man, they messed up. Stop the wheel. Let me go find some new clay and I'll come back later. No, he keeps that thing going. If you've ever watched somebody do pottery, if you ever tried it and if you haven't tried it, you cannot stop the wheel. It's got to keep going. You just constantly keep moving your hands, shaping it. But you can't shape something unless you understand what you're trying to create. And God knows exactly what he wants us to be. And so he never stops. And that's the, 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 the joy and the hope when we have chaos or when we do mess up or we do fall or we do find ourselves like, man, I've been formed by the wrong stuff. Adam found himself formed by the wrong thing, I believe. That because Adam was so into Eve that he stopped abiding 
with God. I, I, I think about the garden. It talks about how they would walk in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about how they would just they would just be walking in the garden. I mean, imagine you in the in the wilderness in this beautiful pasture with the one you love, mm-hmm. and you were just walking, sunshine down, the breeze is flowing through. It smells really great. My dear beach, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you think back to whatever that moment yes. is, right? Yes. And and how God was abiding with Adam. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that would feel like. Right? Try to visualize what that is. And just walking through, and the hands are just going on top of the of the great formation of the of the flowers and, and the tall grass. And you're just walking through and it's peaceful. Might hear the water in the background. Not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. And you're with the one you love. Yeah. Right? That's what Adam had. He had that. He had that. Like they would wake up. I mean, and again, before anything had got, they would just walk together, right? And then when Adam says, There's none like me, puts him to sleep. Here comes Eve, right? Man, it's like, what? Now who's he abiding with? I can only, and again, this is what I believe. I believe that Adam became, which again, I'm guilty of. Me and my wife are on the couch, and I'm like, and I, and I know, like, I keep telling my head, I have every plan. I'll be waking up with a good plan. All right, tonight when I get home, we're going to put the kids in bed at eight. They'll go to sleep. I'll get in my Bible. I'm going to read. I'm going to focus, this, this, and that. And the next thing I know, I'm on the couch. It's, 10, 11, 12 o'clock, and I don't spend the whole night on the couch mm-hmm. with my wife just watching TV, com- you know, conversating about whatever. Um, you know, uh, sometimes it's really good conversations, deep conversations, or we're laughing about some program. And the next thing I know, I'm in bed, I wake up like, man, I didn't read. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. No, it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Right? But because, and then the next day I say the same thing, okay, well, no, I gotta read. And a whole week goes by, man, a month goes by, and I only read maybe once, bro. I'm like, yeah. Right. And then when I fall, I'm like, man, when I mess up, when something happens or I get angry or I, I get I fall into in, 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 into lust of everything. Right. Lust of it can be lust of wanting to exercise too much. Right. Lust of wanting to eat things I should be eating. Lust of overeating. Lust of, of wanting to be out. Lust of TV. Lust of episodes. When I fall into the lust of everything. That's that's. Uh... That's a good way to put it. Because when you think lust, you automatically think sexual. Yeah. But like, Everything. that's like, lust of TV programs. Lust yeah. doing what I'm about to binge. And lust, lust, yeah. And it, the list goes lust on. Lust of my job. Yeah. Lust of success. Lust of power. Lust of control. Lust of being affirmed. Lust of being acknowledged. Lust of being recognized. When I fall into lust, I fall. And I recognize, man, I haven't been formed by the right thing because the enemy was able, again, my three things that I really believe is how the enemy gets you. He's confused my mind. And when he confuses my mind, right, he, 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 then he does something to impact my emotions, right? And, and think about if you want to be recognized, right? If I want to be recognized and then something happens and, and you did something and people are like, oh, they don't give you any of the credit or glory. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. Or, or you, again, you scrolling on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram and what do you see? You see people that you used to know that are getting recognized all over the place. They won this award, did that, and then you're like, man, I've been grinding. What? I ain't getting no award. Boom. He got you. He got that. Got, got that. He got that in. He got that in. Armor. Yeah. yeah. And he going and, and he is going to work it until it happens. It could take another six months, but he got you. 
And eventually our will gets compromised and then we act in a way that we shouldn't, right? Mm -hmm. But again, the joy of it is, is that that will never stops because think about it, right? And this is a parallel to what Jesus did on the cross. When God saw you, when Jesus saw you, he said yes to you before you were even there. So he, he got you at your lowest, ugliest, dirtiest point, a clump of clay on the floor, before it even gets formed, picks it up and says, I'm gonna, he looks at this thing and says, I'm gonna do something with this. Boom, puts it on the wheel and starts going. So before we were even formed, at our, when we were in our basic, simplest, ugliest form, before we were perfected, glazed over, hardened and crystallized and made beautiful, he chose us. Jesus went to the cross and, and everything that he did on the cross was to be, a, I believe, a symbol, a, 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 to symbolize what it looked like for us, that's what we look like. We we that's how when we're in sin, when he was hanging on the cross, all the things he went through with the way his body looked, that's the way we look in sin, and yet he still chose us at our ugliest, lowest point. Mm. Then he shows us why that's important, because then he reaches over and the guy that was in his sin, right? Because Jesus was perfect. So even though he had the physical look, he didn't have the spiritual look because he was sinless. He didn't sin. So he gives us the physical look of what we look like. Then the guy in the other, other crucifixion says, man, don't you know who that is? He was guilty. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, mentally, socially, emotionally, everything. And yet he chose him. So he shows us the physical and everything else. He says, you put these two together. That's who you are. And I chose you purposely when you were in that picture. That's the clay. And then he started to go and he never stopped. And he's still working on you now. Because when it's not perfect and you mess up, a chunk falls off. Well, guess what he does? Keeps that wheel going, picks it up, puts it back on. Keeps going. Mm-hmm. When you sin or you fall or you make judgments mm-hmm. or you fall into lust, sexually, immorality, whatever it is, and, and that piece falls up, he picks it up, puts it back on, and he keeps going. But he doesn't say, oh, that's ugly. Throw that piece away. No, he never throws any part of you that falls away, he picks it back up and continues to work because he's not done with you. Mm-hmm. That's what we have to realize. If you again, Potter, I'd love the example of Potter you brought up because again, once he's finished, then it goes through another process. Mm-hmm. You got to heat it at a certain temperature because you got to get all the air bubbles out of it. So it's the pruning perfection process, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's still that scripture he talks about about the 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 the, the smith, right? The silversmith or the goldsmith, you got to put that in the fire to get all the impurities out. So it's got to go in the kiln. You can't do it too hot, can't do it too too low. Get the air bubbles out, and then when it gets done, he, he puts this little wax and glaze over it. And then you have this perfect thing. But he's not done with that. And I want, that's the key. Like he's not done with this. So it's really interesting. But that's why I believe when Adam ate the apples, because he had been abiding in the wrong thing. He stopped abiding in God. Because again, why would he eat the apple? He, he was formed by God, knew God in all ways, understood who God was. I think they both stopped abiding in God, right? It's why, because it doesn't make sense. If, 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 if I'm in, think about it, just from our time, again, we, we know, if we're there and something's confusing, can I, I can just go, hey, God, should I eat this apple? Mm-hmm. He, he's right there. Mm-hmm. But he didn't, because he had been abiding in Eve. We all get that way. My wife, I was like, oh, man, my wife, yeah, she, hey, babe, try this. We, we remember at dinner, she's like, try this. And you just reach over and eat it. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. You ain't be like, wait, man, what's this? For me, I smell it first. Well, yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you're taking all the flavors, right? The wafting, right? Yeah. But, but we don't even think about it. We don't question right. it. Yeah. Oh, babe, that's really good. Boom, and then, then, he, then he went south. Because then he, 
the woman you gave me start the blame game, right? So, but that's 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 huge, man. And I, and I think it's interesting, and you know, it, it reminds me when I was thinking about this, even with the with the with the the justice piece of it all. What what things do you yeah? What things do you have that you see? That you're that you're that you're warred against. What 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 causes have you taken up that you war against? We'll, we'll we you know we're we're gonna continue this out because I I want to talk more on on those things. Um, one being again our our view on, on justice and, and where we're at and what we're supposed to be the war that's really out there. But what what things have you what battles have you really seen yourself? diving into mm. you want to answer to that now or you want to yeah just you can just name it you know what I mean yeah just one of them that I know is that it's been part of me forever is fatherlessness oh uh, yeah yeah that's a good one yeah fatherlessness uh, yeah mental health mental health one for me um, One that is not real, not you. You rarely hear it speaking of a molestation. Oh yeah. You don't. You, nobody's really setting up no calls to talk about that. Yeah. That's too. That's too deep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's too personal. Yeah. You know. But but yeah. And you know. And I, reason why. I don't know. If, well, I just want to share this, but the reason why those things are important because those are those are things that's been done to me. So, and, and I, I think, and I could be wrong in this, but sometimes when somebody is passionate about something, it's because it's something that's probably been done to them or something that's been done so, to someone close to them. Yeah. yeah that's, and, that's just me thinking out loud. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's more time, it's, it's personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? More, more than time than not. And I like that. I think one for me is like race. You think about um, recently Juneteenth, and it was funny. I was talking to my wife about this earlier. She was talking about like you know, all oh, the Fourth of July, and we've heard the rhetoric. It's like, oh, the Fourth of July, you know, that's that's not our Independence Day. That's their Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And we don't. Um, people are like, I don't celebrate that. And you hear this rhetoric out there mm-hmm. in, in between, like, well, no, we, you know, it's 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 Juneteenth. It's like, oh, and I like I I get all that, right? But if it hadn't have been for Fourth of July's Independence Day, again, we're not taking away from wrong and what happened in slavery and all yeah. things that happened. Those things are real. But if Fourth of July doesn't happen and we get our independence from Britain, then the next thing you know, guess what? We're still under today. We'd have been under their rule, and it would look completely different. Mm-hmm. We may still have been in slavery. You, it, you, you know what I'm saying? Know. You never know. But I think about that, and so one of the things that that is really interesting when it comes to like the Juneteenth and and, and we think about Fourth of July and all these different things is. What Lincoln did with the Emancipation Proclamation is deeper than just what physically and worldly happened. It's spiritual. And so next time I want to be able to break that down because if you look up the definition of emancipate, there's three things in there that you're emancipated from. And this is what the Holy Triune tries to explain to you in the spiritual realm is that when God comes in and I'll give some scriptures around that, he emancipates you from all three of those things. And so sometimes we have to find out where we haven't been emancipated from. What are we still fighting? And that's where you have to constantly be formed to, to be free of these things, right? Because, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it has nothing that, 
nothing to do with what we're doing worldly. And that's what I was saying before. Like we get so lost in this small microcosm of what we think because our brains are, they're tiny compared to you, right? Yeah. And so we're like, oh, you know, the man is not doing this and he's racing this and, and brothers aren't being freed from that. And I'm like, man, this even goes back to Egypt. If Moses doesn't free the slaves from Egypt, Fourth of July may never happen anyway. All the other things in history may never happen. Right? Because at the end of the day, there's always a bigger picture. There's always a bigger picture, and guess what? There's always been slavery. It just depends on who you're enslaved to. You're enslaved to money, you're enslaved to sex, you're enslaved to war, you're enslaved to power. It doesn't matter. There's always there's always something. Every king, you look through history, every king has always been has slaves. Every king has slaves that does the grunt work, right? Now, that's also what we're going to talk about, too, is, 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 a pro, is a process of slavery because there's parts in the, in the Bible that talks about slavery. It's like, you are now a slave to Christ. And people are like, what? I'm not, what? Yeah. Slave to Christ? What? Yeah, some of them, some translations took, take that word out. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, They put word like servant. Servant, right? Like, I'll give you a quick one, and then, you know, we're going to wrap it up, because, again, we want small nuggets, and we'll come back. It says, Matthew 20, 26 to 27, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. What? You know, and so they talk about those things, and, and, and it's like, that is a huge, like, Ooh, that's a no-no. Don't don't talk about that. And so we want to break that down and get more in depth on that. And again, you know, the last one I give you the word again in Galatians 5:1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Mm. So again, we appreciate y'all. Quick nuggets. We'll be back next time here in a little bit with the three things about emancipation. And as always, OG. Brick by brick, restoration time, rebuild, let's go. That is the OSG, and this is your boy, the sick one. We sign out for now. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace, peace.